0: Okay, we're back in black. We just hit the sack, and so are you. Thank you for joining us for the good... This isn't the stream strategy fantasy hockey podcast. This is just a good hockey podcast. This is called the State of the Good Fantasy Hockey League. My fellow managers. My fellow fantasy hockey managers. This is the mid-season point where we review all of our players in the Good Fantasy Hockey League to this point. Yeah, that's not a really good American president impression. Oh, dude, I wasn't here, bad. I didn't even. I'm as as always. I'm Cal. I'm here with Chuck, the shooter. Pop, pop, pop. How's it going, man?
1: It's going well. It's going well. I had another solid, solid win in the good hockey fantasy league this week. Big ups with an eleven to one victory over Dean. Sorry, Dean. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling really good about this league. I think the team that I drafted and uh, well, I guess just the team that I've created is finally coming together, and it's. It's feel it's looking good, other than you know all the delays and postponements and the potential shutdown or, or whatever might happen. To I the think it's this inevitable
0: year. shutdown. <coughs> I think we're we're gonna look for maybe a two to four week shutdown, particularly while yeah. protocols need are uh, going to be revamped. I would say, I think the schedule has to get reworked. I think that if. Players are double-vaxxed, and then they get their booster. That's about as good as we can get for Omicron, okay? And Omicron is not going to slap these players up and get them in their bed for weeks at a time like Delta did in Vancouver when players were unvaxxed. So, like, with Omicron, guys are going to get hit with... Like, they're going to test positive for COVID, but they're not going to be symptomatic. They're going to be fine. Sure, they'll be contagious, but, like, everybody... Just with this variant, everybody's going to get it. So whatever. This episode, we're going to look at the good Fantasy Hockey League. That is our podcast league. And we're going to see who's doing good and who's doing bad. Personally, I'm doing pretty good because I'm at the top of the league. Yeah, you None are. of my players are particularly fantastic. I don't really have those superstars that you might think. And I've actually made some really poor moves throughout the season so far. Uh, some of them are biting that I thought were amazing or coming to bite me in my back. In particular, I traded Barbashev for Pedersen, one for one, thinking that was going to be a steal, and thinking buying low on Pedersen, selling high on Barbashev, and it's turned out that I was buying and selling at their normal pace. Barbashev is much better than Pedersen this year so far, and that is not looking good for me, but it's not impacting my performance, because I'm still at the top of the standings. However, a more recent trade that I made, a totally mind-bogglingly... A smooth brain dumb moment. I don't know what I was thinking, Charlie, but I'll tell you what I was thinking at the time. Yeah. Oh, Jack Eichel is, is, is recovering faster than expected. As soon as he gets back to Vegas, Chandler Stevenson is no longer fantasy relevant. And I hastily traded Stevenson one for one for Michael Bunting, who's ranked, I think, 220 in the good fantasy hockey league, while Chandler Stevenson was my highest ranked player at like 34. Because that league... Looks at all peripherals, it also looks at shorthanded points, it also looks at everything that Chandler Stevenson does. He's perfect for that league, and I trade him for Michael Bunting because I'm hasty. And then after I make the trade, Charlie, I'm thinking, damn, what if Jack Eichel comes back? Why would they put Chandler Stevenson down to the third line? Wouldn't William Carlson go down the third line the way that Chandler Stevenson has been playing? And then even a step further, Charlie, why would they split up that top line, which is so amazing? Don't fix it if it ain't broken so i'm thinking maybe jack eichel could be the second line center for the vegas golden knights still getting that top power play line time and and chandler stevens is going to be the first line center still so i can't believe i made such a hasty dumb dumb move but i don't know that it'll actually impact my overall performance in the league even (coughs) if it was my best player because my trade partner adequately pointed out to me hey all of my players are ranked higher than yours why are your players ranked so low individually, yet you're so high up in the standings? And my response was, look at the number of transactions from each team. And uh, I am far ahead of the most for those in terms of, like, pickups and drops. So, why first is simply thanks to the Stream Strategy. Shout out to the Stream Strategy Fantasy Hockey Podcast, hosted by us. It comes out on Sundays and Thursdays. The Sundays is forward looking for the week. Thursdays is for the weekend, and we just tell you who are the best players available to pick up to get you extra points so that you can win your fantasy hockey matchup. It's been working for me. It can work for you as well. Uh, how How are you doing in this league so far, Charlie? I just want to pull up more information for my stuff, because I want to know exactly how many transactions I've been making compared to other people.
1: Yeah, I've been doing pretty well recently. I think the last four or five weeks in a row, I've won by essentially two or three categories, meaning I'm getting a 10-2, 11-1, or 12-0 to 0, around that kind of region uh, type victories. So I've really moved up the rankings after a slow start, thanks to McKinnon's injuries, Brady Kachuk not signing a contract, not having a solid volume starter for a long time, and just really waiting for some players to start sparking up this year. I'm currently sitting at fourth overall with 164 points, 75, win, or 75 category wins, i'm feeling pretty good about this i got a a bunch of solid players that i'm I'm very comfortable with holding and keeping and i think will do well all the way through to the end of the season which means the uh also they'll be good for the playoffs in fantasy nathan mckinnon's finally started sparking up and honestly i made some some early pickups on guys like troy terry and Moritz Sider, who have just really panned out they're going to be holders for the whole season And those guys hit all the categories that I need in the good hockey fantasy league. So as well as streaming, as well as using the stream strategy to help me with a couple of spots on my team, I left open to to be picking up guys every now and again throughout the week. I feel like I've made a good amount of transactions, definitely less than you, but I've made a good amount of transactions and that's allowed me to start climbing up the ladder recently also a few weeks ago I made a huge trade I traded Sagan and Barry for UC Soros
0: that's a big move
1: both of us were thinking it was a bit of a gamble I I just needed a volume starter and I had too many too many guys getting points he was banking on Sagan bouncing back and Barry just he needed power play points and you know Barry on that top line with McDavid is no problem getting power play points. So that was a huge trade, and that really tr- uh, changed around the way my team was playing. Also, Demco and the Canucks finally starting to get some wins, finally starting to play well under B- Boudreaux. That really changed, uh, ch- changed things for me. So looking at the number of
0: transactions in the good fantasy hockey league, my team is at the top. I got 56 moves pickups and drops on the season so far you have the second or sorry the third most as a matter of fact mark's majestic team has uh 48 that's the second most you are on third with 45 the markland trashers are in 35 that's the second place team and cole's crazy team who i believe is in second or third has 44 so the teams at the top of the leaderboards have the most number of moves and quickly looking, those at the bottom have the least number. I see some teams with only six, some teams with only two, and one team with only one move throughout the entire season. That's not a recipe for success. That's nuts. But uh you know what? If you just want to play fantasy hockey passively, where you just draft your team and you hope that you can sit on them for the season, that's not terrible if uh, you've got a if you had a good draft and it can get you to the playoffs, and then you spend you know. 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour preparing your playoff lineup and then you might actually have a good shot so it's not horrible but it's not really a great success to be competitive especially if other people in your league are active managers and I think there's a clear distinction between active and inactive managers here and I think that's gonna reflect even more clearly as the season goes on so listen to the Stream Strategy Fantasy Hockey podcast and learn who to pick up, because that's how you'll win. I'm the first team to eclipse 200 points. Nice. That's that's pretty sweet. My record is 92-31-17. and 17.
1: Yeah. Slapping it. Yeah. You've been a force to be reckoned with all season. The Chandler Stevenson trade for Michael Bunting, who I was looking at, is ranked 237 in the Good Hockey Fantasy League. Is questionable, the one-for-one. That might come and bite you in in the butt a little bit, but we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, Eichel coming back, he could be on the second line, but I feel like once he gets going, he is that first line center, and Vegas is gonna want to play him there. But you know, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we'll see how that goes. I do agree with what you're saying, though. The bottom teams just don't have any transactions going on. I look at some of their rosters; they've got guys ranked in the 400s to 500s, and it's there, there's just so many more players available that are are way more. Uh, way better for the fantasy league that we're playing in and could easily just be dropped and picked up. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's a, a big thing. I just feel like utilizing those transactions would change the way this whole league looks because other teams would be stronger and it would just be harder to get those category wins that the top the top teams are getting, you know?
0: So Charlie, earlier you had mentioned Tyler, that you had traded Tyler Sagan and I'm wondering how you got to that point. And I think a lot of managers who drafted Tyler Sagan earlier than than he's currently performing in the draft, are really disappointed with how his season has turned out. Everything about Tyler Sagan looks bad, from deployment to production. So, on this thread, Charlie, I want to talk to you about who are your biggest snoozers for this year. Players that you drafted up high that are not performing to the standard, or at least your expectations where they're at.
1: Yeah, the big one would be Tyler Sagan, who I took in the seventh round, which is 88th overall in this league. I I thought that was an absolute steal. I thought he's that first line center for Dallas, the elite playmaker. He's going to go out and get a point per game plus, especially after having a strong couple of games after his return from injury last year. And then... It's two months in. He's ranked in the two hundreds. He only has nine points or whatever it is. Not getting hits or shots or anything. He's on the third line, and I was just I I can't drop this guy. You know, I I couldn't bring myself to do it, so I kept holding him, hoping, hoping. And then I was talking with my buddy, and he said that he was interested in in potentially making a trade. So I threw in Barry, who was also underperforming, somebody who I drafted in the fifth round this year, sixtieth overall. He was just really getting power play points, but nothing else for me. So. Those two would probably be my biggest snoozers. Another one would be Anders Lee, who I took in the 11th round, 144th. I think that's pretty early, but He's I was... now on my team. I was banking, yeah. I was banking on him doing pretty well. Picked up off free agency. And that didn't work out. Calvin Peterson was also another snoozer on my team. I took him in the 13th round, 172nd overall. He had a really great showing for LA last season, and then just... I don't know, this year was so disappointing. I ended up dropping him and picking up uh, Holtby, who was on waivers. It was perfect. Yeah. My biggest snoozer by far is
0: Martin Natchez. I picked him in the sixth round. That's 75th overall. Obviously a little bit of an ambitious pick. But yeah, he's now at 173 for the league. That's 100 ranks lower than when I drafted him at. I wasn't expecting him to be the 75 guy, I just wanted him because I like what he provides for a fantasy hockey team. But I want at least a top 100, top 120 performance, and maybe we'll see that before the end of the year, but up to this point, Martin Natchez is probably my biggest sleeper. The second one I would say is Linus Allmark. I drafted him in the 7th round, that's 94th overall. And so far this season, he's ranked 124. I mean, I don't know that I expected him, again, to be in this top 80 plus, but maybe the top 100. I thought he was going to be getting more starts than Jeremy Swayman in Boston. And I was, based on his track record in Buffalo, I thought Linus Allmark was going to be performing uh, significantly more consistently in Boston. But overall in the season, he's got a 9 2 2. He's got some wins, 252 goals against average. I mean, he's still rosterable, but
1: not that he's not the number one guy that I drafted him to be. You know, I I didn't include this guy in my snoozer section just because he is playing very well. But in terms of where I drafted him to what he's ranked on the season, Nathan McKinnon might actually be the biggest snoozer on my team. And I know that this is because he was injured, but I drafted him in the first round fourth overall, and he's ranked one forty eight so that was a big hit to my team early on, but now that he's back, you know, I guess that doesn't really matter.
0: How about the flip side of things, Charlie? Who are your biggest sleepers, players that you drafted super, super deep in the draft, but are significantly outperforming
1: your expectations for them? Number one's gonna be Justin Falk. I took him in the 14th round, 194th or 193rd overall, and... He's doing really well through injuries, that multiple injuries. He's ranked 120 on the season, and before he went down uh, onto the IR, I believe that he was ranked like 75 or something. He's just been a really great defenseman for me. He gets blocks, hits, shots, points. He's on the power play, plus minus on a good St. Louis team. It was just everything that I was looking for, and I took him really late. Also, another one is going to be Josh Norris, who I took 200th overall. He's ranked 69th nice yeah currently on the season he has 22 points he gets a lot of shots decent amount of hits and blocks good plus minus and he's playing on uh, he's playing on ottawa's top line with kachuk who i also have on my team and batherson who's just a really good player those two guys would probably be my biggest sleepers also william nylander who's less so of a sleeper because i took him 53rd overall in the fourth round but he's currently 17th ranked in this season or in this league 31 points in 30 games, 18 assists, lots of power play points, 109 shots, but, like, no hits or blocks. By
0: far, my biggest sleeper is Tristan Yari, who I drafted in the 12th round at 159, and he's currently ranked 12 in the good fantasy hockey league by far. Tristan Yari is the most unexpected sleeper on my team that has been carrying me along, and I am no longer doubting him. He is the volume starter in Pittsburgh Penguins, which is... They will just apparently never be a bad team, no matter what. They will always be competitive. They will always be good. And that is a good thing for Tristan Yari owners. I'm really happy to see that. But I'm also thinking it's crazy that he was available at 159. I think that the league that we're in is very Toronto-centric. And a lot of people are noobs when it comes to the NHL, the greater NHL. So, I'm loving that I could snipe Tristan Yari here at 159. I also sniped Chandler Stevenson at 243. In the 18th round, and him being ranked, I believe, in the top 30s now. It's fantastic. It sucks that I traded him like a smooth-brain guy. <clears throat> and I picked up Matt Zuccarello. At, yeah, pick 262 in the 19th round. I mean, I can't—I could not believe that no one had picked up Matt Zucarillo yet. He shares the ice with Kirill Kaprizov. Currently, he's ranked 117 on the season. Not as big as a sleeper, but super, super, super nice. Also, Eric Johnson is ranked 88 in the Good Fantasy Hockey League. The reason why, we track blocks, hits, game-winning goals, and shorthanded points. And Eric Johnson is just getting those. So, I mean... I bet you in a lot of public leagues, Eric Johnson is not ranked 88, but he is in this one, and I believe I got him off the free agency. So that's got to be a sleeper. Anyone ranked in the top 100 that you managed to just pick up off
1: the free agency has got to be a sleeper. Do you have Ryan Hartman? Not in this league. I have him in the keeper league. Okay. Yeah. That my keeper league team is also stacked, but yeah, I, I have some nice free agency pickups. My team looks a whole lot different than the team that I drafted. I've got Aaron Rodriguez, who I picked up on the free agency a few weeks back when we recommended him on the Stream Strategy podcast. He's
0: been popping off. It's crazy.
1: Popping off. He's hanging out with Crosby on that first line, and they're having a great time together. He's currently ranked 82nd in this league. I also managed to grab Jesper Bratt nice and early. He's ranked 108 in this league. Guys like Troy Terry ranked 420, or 42. Moritz Sider ranked 77. Just a lot, of, a lot of pickups that I made that ended up being holders and utilizing the streaming positions. I can't stress that enough. In these categories, leagues, it's really important to just get starts.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't think there's been a single week where the opponent I matched up against has got more starts than me. And if you want to learn how to maximize starts for fantasy hockey make sure that you subscribe to check out the stream strategy fantasy hockey podcast it comes out on sundays to look forward for the week and thursdays to look for the weekend we give you the best pickups to maximize value in the upcoming nhl schedule so that you can win your your nhl fantasy hockey matchup Whew. check out pucklegends.ca use good use code good hockey for free shipping to canada okay stay tuned for a bunch of cool new content we got coming out and we really appreciate you for, for tuning in. It's been fantastic to see the good hockey community grow over the past few weeks in particular. It's uh it's great. We wanna keep on providing good content to your folks. Thank you for tuning in. Anything else, Chuck? Uh let us know what you
1: think. Give us some feedback so we can work on this and uh, give you guys some good good content.
0: Okay, bye.
1: Goodbye.